When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Realmcast. I'm your Mortal Kombat fan, Tim. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Yanni, the lore master. Hi, Yanni. How are you doing today? I'm all right, thanks. How are you doing? Good. And with us today, we got a very special guest. We have Jeff Meek on the line. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. I mean, you have a long, long acting career, but more importantly to us, <laughs> uh, you are the Elder God Raiden. You are the Emperor Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat Conquest, and it's a pleasure to have you with it us. It really is a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, in a parallel universe, I was uh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, loved it. It's fun. Fun part to play, that's for sure. Usually whenever we get a guest on here, we like to ask them, who is their favorite character and what's their favorite Mortal Kombat game? I think Raiden was my favorite character because every time I played Mortal Kombat, even before I did it, I was always choosing Raiden. Oh, that's fitting. I don't know if it was the hat. I think it was really more that he could do the lightning thing. I thought that was a cool visual. I feel like having watched <laughs> you in Conquest, it seems like it was both the hat and the lightning that you really loved, though. <laughs> I love the lightning. I, I like the, you know, quite frankly, I love the women in that show. I, oh. You know, it was, it's, I couldn't wait for the next episode to see what beauty they were dragging into, you know, there's an amazing parade of the, some of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. It was really very cool. It's a product of its time for sure. And it was a great time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, even Mendes yes. did the Mortal Kombat, you know, and uh, Jamie Presley and really nice people, too. It was a very small group, too, when you think of just the regular core part of the cast and, you know, a lot of the stunt guys. It wasn't a large group that was stationed there. So we hung out together, too. So we were always going out to dinner. And, you know, in Orlando, it's kind of a small town, too, you know, and so with Disney there, we'd go to Disneyland. It was kind of a great little adventure. The whole trip of shooting that show was great. And so the guest stars would come in and they usually would come from Hollywood or New York. And, you know, where are they going to go? They don't know, you know, they're going to hang out with us. And so we'd go to a steakhouse or some restaurant on the property of Disneyland and we'd have a good time. And it was great. It was like everybody came there to have a vacation and shoot a great episode of Mortal Kombat. It was, it was a really fun place to be. That's really cool. So you get to actually establish these relationships with all these co-stars and uh, guests while you were working on the film. Yeah, they're, they're away from home too, you know. They don't want to mm -hmm. sit in a hotel room the whole time when you're kind of amped and, you know, from doing the show. It's a, it, it was a lot of fun. And there's also some great restaurants there on the Disney property. And 
Yeah, it was just really fun. Also, I lived on in Celebration, which was the Disney plan community that was right next to Disneyland. So it was like, you know, I felt like I was in the Truman Show kind of a thing. <laughs> and it was sort of, you know, I felt like it, I was being watched the whole time. But my head was shaved and I was dri- riding a bicycle most of the time. So everybody thought I was like Uncle Fester, <laughs> you know, just driving around Celebration of my golf clubs on my back and this little beach bike and this sort of crazed actor that was uh, in, on the property, but it was, I loved it. They had a great gym there. They had a movie theater during the holidays. They would, you know, fake snow, the main street there in celebration. It was really part of Disneyland. It was really cool. It was a bit Gestapo, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> was the entire production built by Disney? Were, was it ABC and Disney that were? No, it was MGM Disney and the studio of MGM is actually on the lot of Disney of the Disney World. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That, Disneyland bought MGM or something. And so the studio was, they were making television on the lot. Now, actually the show itself, the set of the show of the city of where we were shooting uh, Mortal Kombat was part of the of the show. It was part of the the tour. Oh, and so uh, tour guides would they they had a catwalk that went around the studio on the top, and they eventually plexiglassed it. But you could see it was tough to shoot Shao Kahn because I was backlit all the time, and so that light would shoot up there, and you I could see all of while I was shooting it, I could see all of these people watching. <laughs> they were in the tour. And it was distracting because it would walk by, you know, and it was. And so after a while, we had to have an agreement that when you came in and we were actually rolling camera, that you would have to stop so that I wasn't distracted by, you know, people waving and pounding on the glass. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. It was it was wild. But it was great just to be there. And, you know, Disney World, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's really great. They have a whole adult part of the of the park, which is at night becomes a big club scene. And so Mm -hmm. if you want to party it's awesome and it was i think i missed out on that from when i went there when i was about 10 so. <laughs> <laughs> right you might have been a little young for the party scene but it's great you know you go out and you can dance you know, blow off some steam go to a great restaurant and they had fireworks every night and so it was really kind of a, a real ad- adventure the whole time that we were there i was i was really bummed that the, the show didn't get picked up i wanted to stay there for a while um although florida's hot <laughs> let's yeah get, let's get real <laughs> Florida's freaking disgustingly hot. San Diego's much nicer. Oh, well, I'm a California boy, you know. It's a humidity. What's humidity? <laughs> and uh, you know, you get there, and it's like you—it's like you're taking a shower every time you walk out the door. And I'm a sweater. You know what I mean? It's like one of the reasons that I, I shaved my head was because I didn't want to have to wear that wig with my hair. I'd sweat under that wig; it would have been looked awful. And also, I didn't want to wear a skull cap. Yeah. For Shao Kahn. Yeah. Which never would have stayed on my head because I'm. I sweat like a pig. So I, I told the makeup artist and the hair designer, I said, look, I'll, I'll let you shave my head for the whole run of the show. But the deal is if I want to get my head shaved, you guys have to do it with no questions asked. <laughs> so That's a good deal. I don't have to deal with it. So even on my days off, which I didn't have very many, but if you know, on my days off, I could come in, they would shave my head and it was cool. So I didn't have to deal with all the shaving <laughs> crap. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> So we were we were talking about kind of how Raiden was one of your favorite characters beforehand. And I was going to ask you next, how did Mortal Kombat kind of affect you? But I think, I mean... You've answered. Yeah. <laughs> well, Raiden was my favorite character to play mm-hmm. in the game. 
But I'll tell you, I was your Shao Kahn was really fun. You to play are by far actor. my favorite Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat media. Oh, like, thanks. <laughs> you're my favorite Shao Kahn and Raiden. So, yeah, <laughs> great job with that. Delicious part. Oh, wonderful part to play. When I used to watch the show, I had no idea that you played both roles. Like, I always, I always wondered who is the Shao Kahn because his performances are are exactly what I expect out of a Shao Kahn. Oh, great. Thanks, man. You were amazingly brutal, yet at the same time, like, scheming. It it was so good to see Shao Mm -hmm. Kahn done justice in this way. Oh, thanks. I appreciate (laughs) that. I always believe that, you know, if you're playing a bad guy, at least have a little bit of a glint in your eye. (laughs) You know, that you're getting some sort of kick out of it. (laughs) He's not just just pissed off. He's having fun. Yeah, we could definitely get that across from how you uh, portrayed him. (laughs) You know what I mean? I said, you know, if you're playing Hitler, you got to find some way that you're feeling (laughs) like you're doing some good. You know, I I think the Shao Kahn just thought that the way that he was going to run it, it was better than anybody else running it. Yeah. Well, what did you know about these characters before you got before you became cast as them? I played the I played the game. That was it. I didn't have any clue, which was fun too. You know, I got to kind of have my own take on. No, I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw and I met, I met Chris Lambert at one point. We were I was auditioning for another movie that he was doing, and I was kind of opposite him. He was just a really sweet guy. That's cool. Very kind. Yeah, and I know James Remar too, who played it um, in the other film. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just know him briefly. I, I met him maybe a, once or twice in passing at events, but I don't know him really well, but I'm acquaintance. How did it feel stepping into Christopher Lambert's shoes for that role of Raiden? Because, I mean, he had some pretty big shoes to fill for that. Yeah, yeah, he's so good and kind of char- and strange, too, you know, because he's got that French accent, too, you know, yeah. that's kind of <laughs> odd and He's sort of mysteriously exotic that way, which I don't have that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a dude <laughs> from California that just, you know, so I, I just thought I'd just bring what I thought was kind of a fun little dance. What, what the great, what if somebody that was, uh, you know, from America became this guy, but you know what Lambert told me one time, he I said, I said, God, your stare is so intense. You in Tarzan and all that stuff. I, and he goes, Oh, it's not intense. It's just, I can't see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. He's partially bl- like mostly blind. He said, he said I'm, I'm totally freaking blind. And so he's like really trying to see properly. And, and so <laughs> when he recorded Highlander, he was also learning English for the first time. And so everybody always commented on his accent for that movie, but it was because he hardly spoke any English at all. <laughs> right. He was, a, he's French, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he, uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's hard for that romantic language to be translated back into a Germanic language. Oh Yeah. It's really tough. The tongue doesn't work the same way somehow. There's a joke in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> you said it, not us. <laughs> I always thought that his performance was really fun. And so I, if I was going to take anything from that, it was like, you know, he's having a good time. You know, and so I, I wanted my Raiden to be buoyant and sort of like annoyed with people that aren't having fun. And so they just kind of started writing in that way. Yeah, you, you were very sassy. Well, yeah, it's wonderful that everybody else has to do all the work and I get up and I, I just get to come in and comment on it and make a couple of jokes and go home. It was fun. <laughs> I, it was a really good gig, right? I mean, how is this a perfect actor job? To me, you were the same character. You were Christopher Lambert's Raiden 
in previous years. I saw so many similarities between you two. It was great. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. Well, I thought, you know, I might as well use what I, I think is sort of the best parts of what Chris was bringing to it. And then, you know, have my own spin on it. Yeah, you definitely took it in your own direction as well. Right. And also the writers, they started writing toward me a little bit more too, because just my sensibilities and my sense of humor. And I get a little bit, you know, funny and irreverent once in a while. And so they, they just kept kind of writing toward it. Did you originally go in uh, audition for that role as Raiden or, or Shao Kahn? It's a really interesting time because it, I remember being kind of frustrated about it because it, it was like four times that I tested for Raiden. And, you know, I, I was just getting, you know, I, I mean, after a while, you just kind of go, okay, um, I know I'm in the mix, but it's, it's, it gets a little aggravating when it's like four or five times. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> and then I went in on the last one mm, yeah. and it was the, you know, producers there and, and the director and casting people. And I had my, re- I, you know, I did my audition and they're all kind of mumbling to each other, you know, kind of leaning in doing that Soto Voce whisper. And I'm kind of standing there, <laughs> you know, being stupid and uh the casting director just turned to me and she just went you know here jeff here's some sides for this other role and i went oh no (laughs) i just that's that's over that's the kiss of death right (laughs) and so i i went all right and so i was kind of just sort of nonplussed a little bit about that which actually i think bled into my reading of shao Kahn. (laughs) A little bit. I think I wanted to take it out on the casting people and the <laughs> producer. And so they said, why don't you go outside and work on the sides a little bit for a few minutes? And I went, no, nah, I just read it. And they went, really? And you don't want to look it over? And I said, no, no, no. I was just kind of irritated and, you know, <laughs> and I just, you know, and so I just let them have it. You know, I just kind of, you know, did my best version of, you know, pissing and moaning on them. And they, they loved it. And I didn't know. They just kind of went, oh, thank you very much. You know, another kiss of death. <laughs> and so I, I, walked, I walked out of the building kind of going, well, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and I thought I did, you know, I totally botched it, you know. And I got a call that day from, if I recall, it was Fran, lovely woman, good casting director. And I'd worked with her on other projects before. And she called me up and said, uh, hey, Jeff, um, would you be interested in playing both parts? Wow. <laughs> and I went, what do you mean? And she goes, we, we like you for both. We want you to play both characters. And I went, do I get paid for both <laughs> I thought we were just trying to, you know, save some money. Yeah. And I, I went, yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, absolutely. God. And I went, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and then they, and then uh, I, I didn't say that. I was thrilled, actually, just to, you know, it, quite frankly, any actor that, you know, you're practically begging people to give you a job, you know, it's, uh, I felt so elated. I was so excited to, 
for the challenge of that. I mean, who gets that opportunity is pretty rare, you know, to play both sides of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. It's, it's like, I, you know, I got fairly well psychologically integrated during that show. Cause I was playing like the good guy <laughs> and the bad guy. <laughs> so it was really very cool for my, for my soul. You know, it was just really, I, I felt like I went to therapy every day playing both parts, you know, but it was a challenging, yeah, but it was so fun. Interestingly enough, playing both of those parts is when I walked on the set dressed and ready to go as Raiden, everybody wanted to hang out and party with Raiden. But every time I came out dressed and ready to go as Shao Kahn, <laughs> you couldn't get anybody near me within about 15, 20 feet. <laughs> Shao Kahn was a very lonely guy. Did they give any background information about the characters before you started to uh, play them or approach them? Yeah, they just went, he said, you know, Raiden is sort of this guy that runs the Earth realm, and he's kind of a mystical sort of, you know, ninja figure and wise and old and biblical in a lot of ways. And and the other character, Shao Kahn, was sort of his alter ego. It was like, uh, and I went, oh, cool. And I said, yeah, he's just sort of in the underworld, and it's sort of this mythical world that he runs, and he's you know, a shadow figure, sort of a Mephistopheles kind of mm. figure. I don't know if you guys know Faust, mm -hmm. yeah. but it was a uh, Faust is a story about the guy that sells his soul to the devil. And he gets, he has, and the devil has this, uh, liaison that goes and finds him to collect. And his, his name is Mephistopheles. There's this wonderful movie called Mephisto, mm. Um, that is based on Faust. Now, Goethe, who is a great writer, wrote Faust, but it was also, it's an ancient story. It's a, you know, about a guy who wants to be famous. And so he sells his soul to the devil and then the devil ends up coming and collecting. And so it's a classic story. And so I thought, wow, how great that, you know, this twin brother of Raiden decided to take that route. And he wanted to be all powerful and successful. And that's interesting that you mentioned that because the twin brother thing, that was something that they kind of used in the movies too, but it's something that's kind of been scrubbed from the story since then, since the, uh, the movies and the TV show. Yeah. I just thought it was a really fun exploration of my, you know, not only is just the challenge for me physically and emotionally, but just to, how fun for, you know, an actor to be able to go, wow, I, I'm never going to get bored here, guys. That's, <laughs> you know, I'm always going to have something to really chew on here. This is really cool. It was a little hard to play both characters at the same time, because if, if I was doing it in the same day, I would have to, you know, it was a vocal, physical, you know, that's a, that's a turn. Oh know? yeah. So it was, it was a little challenging to do it in the same day and that didn't happen very often, but when it did, you know, it was um, a little bit much, but uh, yeah, loved it. But that's kind of how the casting went is that it went on forever. And then all of a sudden I only auditioned for five minutes for Shao Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just reading. It was so bizarre. I didn't even prepare it. I just got pissed because they didn't give me the part of Raiden. And so I just, you know, vomited all over them in this, in the scene. It sounds like that's what they wanted from Shao. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just promised myself that I was just going to scare the shit out of everybody in the audition. <laughs> and so I just did. I just sort of like spit on everybody. And <laughs> I just had a really good time just kind of letting it rip. And that's who, 
that's kind of how I played Shao Kahn too, is that I'm just going to have fun just kind of, you know, torturing everybody. You, you practice Taekwondo and Aikido, as far as I know. Did those affect you getting the role in any way? Well, I had already done my series. I did a series in Paris a few years before called The Exile. It was a CBS late night show. And I played a double agent who was a spy for the CIA and the KGB. And he had to go underground because the wall came down. And so the KGB found out that he was a double agent. So he was you know, hunted by them. And then my liaison uh, connection to the CIA was murdered. And so everybody in the CIA and the, and the Americans uh, intelligence thought I was a traitor because they did. That was my only connection to that. And so I was being hunted by both sides. And so the character had to go underground but he was a badass. He was he he knew all these wonderful spy things, and and he was a kind of a born identity kind of character already. You know, he, oh yeah, that's what I was getting sort of the vibe for. Yeah, and so and so I worked for this sort of secretive uh, militia branch of the Paris Police Department. And so I could actually, you know, as a ghost, and so I could work for them because I knew all these languages and they had all kinds of international stories. there. So it's kind of a James Bond born identity character. So I, I, I was really training a lot then with weapons and, and uh, martial arts. Um, but I didn't primarily become a martial artist until I really started playing some of these roles that were really action oriented. I also did a pilot earlier before that called Remo Williams. And I don't know if you guys know the movie of Remo, but it was by Fred, it was Fred Ward and Joel Gray. It was in the eighties and it was about a guy. It's it's, it's based on the destroyer novels. And the Destroyer novels was written by, I can't remember the author's name offhand right now, but he, he wrote like 89, 100 of these novels. And it was about a guy who was a cop in New York that didn't have a family. And so he gets hurt, but this underground uh, part of the uh, American intelligence one needed a ghost figure that was trained as a ninja kind of quality. So they had this Korean guy teach him this secretive martial art called Sananju. And so he could do all these wild things like jumping off of big buildings. And it was a very Superman kind of Spider-Man mix of things that this character could do. And so I started training really, really hard for that pilot. And I was working with some great martial artists and stunt guys with that. And I did some gags in that thing that were just terrifying. And so then from that show, it didn't get picked up because I think the network got a little nervous. It was a really good pilot. I did it with uh, uh, Roddy McDowell, the great Roddy McDowell played the Chun character in it. And it was a really cool pilot. And and so, you know, he was like doing all this really crazy shit. And I ended up uh, getting a pilot for The Exile after that. And I went to Paris to shoot that for almost, I guess it was a year and a half, two years, something like that. And it was a late night show that was a French-American co-production. And then from there, they liked what I was doing with that. So they canceled that show. CBS then hired me to do Raiden, uh, Raven. Mm-hmm. 
And I did Raven with Lee Majors in Hawaii for two years. And it was all based on this guy being sort of a ninja warrior, you know. And so I did a lot of sword work and I worked with, you know, Jeff Imada and and uh, Billy Blanks and um, Philip Tan and all these great oh. martial arts that I worked with. You know, Al Leong was teaching me, you know, technique and uh, James Liu, uh, who I had a fight with in Raven. He, he was that uh, uh, Garrett Warren, who's, a, you know, he did all the stunt coordinating and uh, for avatar and all the James Cameron movies, he was my stunt double. And so I was working with those guys with Billy blanks for months and months and months and months. Also with Benny, the jet Yukides, because earlier on in my career, I did, a, I was going to do a film called Ford Fairlane with uh, Andrew Dice Clay. And I was playing the heavy in that. And I had to do a lot of martial arts in that. So I started working with the great Benny, the jet, your key does. And I was in the ring with that guy for six months. And so I was being trained by the best martial artists in the world for many years. And so, um, by the time I got to mortal Kombat, I, you know, I, I was a seasoned martial artist, you know, I, I'd been trained in so many different disciplines. Did you actually, um, fight a lot of mortal Kombat? I don't remember Raiden fighting much. No, not at all. It was really quite luxurious. I, I played a lot of golf on that show. I didn't really, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't have a chance to really kick anybody's ass until I actually fought myself in that final fight. How, how um, did that work exactly? Uh, my stunt coordinator was about my size. And so we'd put Raiden's costume on when I was playing Shao Kahn. And then we turned the camera around and I would put the costume on and he would switch and he would put the Shao Kahn costume on and I would play Raiden. All right. So you had to record everything twice. <laughs> yes. Well, many times. It took us almost, I guess, almost a week to finish that whole sequence. Wow. wow. That's cool. It's a great scene though. Well, it also was a lot more elaborate than actually what we cut it down to. There was some cable work that we did in it. It was just really redundant and crazy. I mean, it went on forever. It was just epic. Well, and the reason for that is they gave me a little bit of leeway. I said, look, I, I didn't get a chance to fight a lot in the show and this is a culmination of a, you know it's the season finale is it all right if i coordinate it and i can really do a scene in it within it and so that it really becomes a real part of the episode that is going to be dynamic and they said sure and so i sat down with the stunt coordinator and we mapped out all of it together so i got a chance to really be a part of really creating that choreography that's really cool but it went on for i mean i had all kinds of bells and whistles in it i we were doing cable stuff and i had more lightning strikes and i had different weapons i was gonna say the weapon choices because usually shao khan has the hammer but in this shao khan had the sword and raiden had the hammer and i found that a very interesting switch yeah i don't know much about the details of the history of that i just know that that was one of his ideas it worked well considering how you guys fought actually well you fought really it, it was quite interesting to see that switch i thought it was cool it's kind of a, like a an aha moment when the hammer shows up you know it's kind of oh, i think you pull it out from behind your back or something if i remember correctly <laughs> yeah, i think it just it, I think what i had is i had the hammer part and a cut in my hand and i just dropped Dropped it to the handle. Ah, okay. And so it just kind of feels like it just appears, but it's really just dropping out of my hand. I, yeah, but I also had, you know, other weapons that Shao Kahn was throwing out. Yes. <laughs> and, and But we cut all that. Because they, they, first of all, it was way too long. That whole altercation was about technically two episodes long, although the fight was just one, I think. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I thought the whole dialogue thing was, you know, it was a little bit overdone. But it, <laughs> it's, it's still the fight was a lot of fun to do. And we, I, we had a ball doing it. You were talking earlier about how you would come on to set as one character and everybody would run away uh, versus the other. What are some <laughs> of the difference between who you are and these roles that you played within that show? What's the difference between who, uh, who yeah, I am? Like how much of yourself did you put into Raiden? How much into well, it's all, all of me, man. It's really, I, you know, I think the great thing about acting is that you get a chance to really just through the filtering system of the obstacles of that character. It's really you. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in a television series, I mean, they're writing it as fast as you're doing it, you know, so they're kind of trying to find ways to tell a story in the most effective way. So they're writing toward your personality most of the time. That's why shows usually get better. They sort of season. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, it's, when you see a show that, you know, it's a television series, usually it takes a little bit for them to get their legs, you know. It's because the writers are doing the same thing. They wrote a pilot, and now they have an actor. They're trying to find some sort of way of fitting. So it takes a while to kind of get in rhythm together. By the end of the series, you guys. Yeah. So by the end of the series, usually, unless you get bored and the writers get, you know, if they run out of stories and stuff or they get, you know, distracted, you know, well, you know how it is, you know, you're watching a series and go, Hey man, you got to wait until season three, man. <laughs> yeah. Season three <laughs> is awesome. Well, it's because they got their momentum, you know, they got an idea of wh- who they're writing for, how those actors respond to the material. I feel like it can go both ways though. You, you sometimes have shows, shows which kind of lose their essence as they go on for too long. Yeah, That's my point is it's one or the other It's either the writer gets really, really runs out of story you know after a while i mean how many how many stories can you tell of the same thing <laughs> you know it's you know a writer too if you look at it this way a writer writes a pilot or he writes a story he's got maybe 10 12 stories attached to that that maybe he's got ideas for in his head for the series mm-hmm. i mean he hasn't write, written all that stuff out yet you know maybe he's got some ideas for the first season but who ever thinks they're going to be so successful that that show is going to get picked up. You know what I mean? A writer doesn't, you know, have that foresight. Mm, Yeah. And so you might get surprised. Like he gets to the second season going, look, man, I don't have to write here. (laughs) And so sometimes shows would suffer that way where they force themselves into a a cul-de-sac or a dead end Mm. somehow, you know? They don't know where how to write themselves out of it. You, know, you ever watch uh, shows like Ray Donovan or mm-hmm. yeah, terrific show? But it's you know you can see where there there's some places that wow where where that storyline <laughs> go? Well, they got they didn't know where to go with it or yeah. something. You know you don't really know why a storyline doesn't get re- revealed or exercised other than the fact that the writer just goes, hey man, you know they're slapping their forehead going, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> And so they end up trying to find ways to, you know, redirect that character. Writing a television series is an incredibly challenging thing to do. You mentioned it was a shame that uh, no second season came up. So I'm assuming that you don't, you don't think that there was a problem with where you could have gone in future seasons. No, you know what? The, my understanding of it was, is what I was told, was that the producer neglected to put in the budget all of the residuals for the actors. Oh, wow. And so that was like two and a half million dollars. Oh. Nobody wanted to pick up the tab on. And so the the company didn't want to pick up the tab and neither did the production company. And so they just said, you know, screw it. We're not going to we're not going to do it anymore, <laughs> which was really a bummer because it was really so well received. Done, mm-hmm. in my opinion, too. <laughs> you know, all the actors loved doing it. It was a really good group. I thought we were kind of hitting our stride a little bit. And it was a hit. You know, let's face it. Yeah, we loved it. The show was a freaking hit. 
it was it had a good hammock it was right there with wrestling and i don't know what it was in the rest of the world but in in america where we were were at it followed it followed like you know the world wrestling federation which is like a great hammock to be in right it's uh, everybody was watching it is it a great time yeah, uh. everybody's all those people that they're gonna it's a perfect feather into watching mortal Kombat. well the uh release schedule kind of got messed up in america too i remember i had to end up watching a lot of it after it was all released to kind of get the uh sequence in order that's true too you know that's what happened with raven too is that they kept moving you know it's kind of hard on an audience when you don't know what time exactly that that show's coming yeah. in now, nowadays it doesn't have that problem and so you know programming has a lot to do with success you know when you think about the time slot of when you know you're going to get numbers because it's really a numbers game too mm-hmm. fellas. it's uh yeah you know the show I, you know i've done shows where people go god that show was 10 times better than the show that replaced you and i went yeah but we didn't have the numbers mm. you know there might have been some factor for example when raven was replaced by um walker texas ranger is that walker texas ranger the quality of that show he could barely have enough money to make three episodes mm. And it, the quality of the show was not even remotely close to to the production values and the quality of the show of Raven. But he was, uh, you know, a, a half-assed movie star. <laughs> you know, he was he had a he had a following. You know, and I didn't have that relationship to it, and so he had an audience that was already built in. Yeah. And so numbers is really about what how television functions. And so even though the show I thought was in a lot of ways much more you know the quality of the show and the production values and the story was i think far superior to that show but it was it was a numbers game on a previous episode we had asked uh chris casamassa where he was when he found out that the show was wasn't getting picked up for a second season uh how about yourself mm-hmm. where were you at i don't remember <laughs> fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think i remember I think I've tried to block it out of my head. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Well, it's just kind of the nature of acting is that, you know, you're always looking for other mm-hmm. work. I mean, you know, even if you're on a show that's really successful, what's the length of that is what? Yeah, you never know how long it's going to last. And as we've seen here, just one season. Yeah, it's like, it's like winning the lottery of even getting a show that gets on the air, let alone something that actually is popular. Or getting cast for two characters in the same show. Yeah, two, uh, including <laughs> yeah, the main getting, villain. <laughs> or, yeah, or getting picked up at all. I mean, my God, it's, you know, the numbers are crazy with that, you know. It's so rare that a show becomes, you know, so loved. part of our iconic life. Yeah, I just thought that, you know, I always thought that on some level, somebody should have just paid the bill and yeah. made the show. Oh, I agree. I, I've, to this day, I, I was telling him before i've seen the show more times than i can actually admit to of seeing it i i <laughs> i don't know i really love the show it stuck with me mm-hmm. and i've i've always wished we could have gotten a second season but how how did you feel specifically about with the last two episodes what what happened with them what was the idea behind them because from what i can tell it was supposed to move into a second season yeah, it was a cliffhanger. Did they have yeah. any plans to continue? Yes, yes, of course. They didn't. They certainly didn't want to end on the bad guy winning. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, that's not an end to a show. That's the beginning of a show. Are there any possible details you could share with us regarding how it would have progressed? Of course, Raiden would win the day. He would <laughs> outsmart his stupid evil brother. And you know how it goes. I did, and so we would have fun and it would be a, a, this great parade of incredible martial arts and incredible, beautiful people <laughs> and funny, interesting, <laughs> exciting, great, charming and wonderfully entertaining scenes. This is awesome, mm -hmm. right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this. I even love watching the show. I just, you know, I just think it was just entertaining. It's just good entertainment. I was just about to ask you, do you ever go back and revisit the old episodes? I haven't. No, kind of. I'm looking forward to my new stuff all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm really, really kind of quite busy, actually. I'm doing this pilot and I'm, I just got done doing a play. I'm in, I was on the stage for right before the pandemic started, actually. And uh, I did a play called The Humans, which is a, it won the Tony Award on Broadway a couple of years ago. And I, I just, I saw it on Broadway and I just got, oh my God, I just, anytime I could get an opportunity to play that part. And so I got the opportunity. I, I got cast here in San Diego. That's great. Oh yeah, beautiful theater, San Diego Repertory Theater, and uh, it was a fabulous experience. So I, I just love acting. I'm writing a lot. I've got my own studio. Uh, I'm directing a new play, and my pilot, and I'm starring in the pilot, and uh, I've got uh, another musical that I'm writing, and I just really, you know, I'm I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy and uh, feeling like, uh, you know, I'm living a wonderful, artful life like I wish on everybody, you know. Well, that's it's, very nice to hear. That's really good to hear, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have my issues, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a losing proposition, guys. You might as well live it up. Definitely. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so if you could go back and replay some of these old characters, either Raiden or Shao Kahn, would that be something that you would consider? Oh, are you kidding me? I'd jump on it, man. <laughs> I loved it. I was bummed when it didn't get picked up. I was pretty pissed, too, because I think, wow, how, can you, how successful do you have to be before somebody gives you money to do something? Yeah. You know, that was, we had a following, everybody loved it, all the crew and the cast loved going to work, mm -hmm. the, the camera crew was great, we just were a big family, you know, we had a really good time, we thought we were a hit, and to, to not get picked up was really disappointing. It was kind of a kick in the teeth too with how it ended, considering, I mean, pretty yeah, much everybody really died. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> Yeah, not cool to the audience either. Yeah, I just you don't know? understand really how we could have cool. come back from that point. Oh, that's why I thought it was a really great cliffhanger. It looks like all, all is lost, right? Yeah, exactly. So but it's not there's always been theor like theories about how it could have happened like back in time or it's all a dream. I would say that there was some sort of miraculous thing that might have happened that from uh, Raiden's point of view that he gets the leg up on, on Shao Kahn and escapes and recovers and then gets his strength back and then meets him in a neutral place again and kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, I fantasize about it, but I, you know, the, uh, I just thought that, wow, we are this is i'm going to be living in florida for five to ten years oh yeah that's what i thought was going to be happening yeah. and then i was going to be really really rich <laughs> no i'm kidding but not really i mean i thought it was i was going to have to you know get a fishing boat or something in florida <laughs> because i i i just uh, thought that show, there's no way the show is going to be is not coming back for a second season yeah i was completely shocked you know you never know in show business man you never know what's going to happen but did you 
like looking back on your role as Raiden, well, and Shao Kahn, do you wish you would have gotten a different role or would you right now do the same thing again? Pick those two. Well, quite frankly, if I wasn't playing Raiden, I would have picked Shao Kahn. If I wasn't playing Shao Kahn, I would have picked Raiden. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're two of the best part, in my opinion. They're the, they're the chiefs. Everybody else is an Indian. <laughs> do you ever pull out either of your roles in your everyday life? Like if somebody cuts you off on traffic, you start yelling at them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-oh, someone broke a rule. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually the ruler of the earth realm. <laughs> and you just cut me off in Starbucks. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's... Uh, it's a little much too when you're playing characters like that too. Is that you? You start thinking that you know you're kind of special. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a real it's a real trap. You're not special, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you're just an actor, you know, getting a paycheck. Did they ever approach you after the show to do anything else with Mortal Kombat, like commercials or voice acting? Yeah, actually, actually, the guy that was running, we had meetings together, and he was going to do another movie, and he wanted me to play Raiden and Shao Kahn. Oh, again. for the uh, oh, third, wow. the under undeveloped third movie. That's right. Yeah, the undeveloped third oh, movie, and it gosh. never happened. He never, he never, never really materialized. It would have been amazing seeing you on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, he brought me. We went out to lunch he had you know called me up we went out to lunch and uh we sat there and talked about it and he goes i'm thinking about doing another movie i said you have to cast me i said i want to do this so bad it's really fun larry you got to cast me and you know damn well i you know, i want to do it and i'll kick the hell out of it and he goes yeah 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 and i want to do that too so he, he had said you know at the meeting you know for whatever that's worth that he wanted to um, he wanted to use me for both raiden and shao Kahn. Or just, I, it could have been just Raiden. I can't remember. But it's, uh, I know that he wanted me to be in the in the film if it was going to happen, but it never materialized. It was kind of sad. Yeah. But I thought, you know, that's cool. I'd like to make another motion picture with it. But yeah, I, I just think the television series is the way to go with that with that story mm-hmm. i mean it's it's got so many great places you can go with it so many side stories too that kind of uh yeah fit into the whole series each episode seemed to be a whole side series you know, i thought i thought it would have been kind of cool too to actually have it sort of leap around in terms of time travel that's kind of what they ended up doing too with the most recent games a little bit oh yeah right? yeah so it's uh interesting that you say that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I haven't played the game or even been in, you know around it at all i don't know anything about about the future of it i stopped in 19 what what was it 2000 that we finished uh-huh <laughs> that's the last that i've even you know i haven't played the game i haven't done any kind of research on it but it's that would have been really cool you know to have look how many storylines you could have with mm-hmm. that yeah oh yeah I, I always felt like that's where it was going with the end of the series and how fun to do that you know did you uh, have any favorite episodes or moments. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really did like the episode when I went, you know, at the culmination because I just had more to do. Mm. It was me with the fight and Raiden was really taking charge. And it was, we were in great peril, you know, the earth realm was being overwhelmed and I thought that was really kind of cool to open it up and have a real strong finish for our first season. Mm-hmm. I always thought that, you know, I wanted to do more with Shao Kahn is that I thought Shao Kahn was not really utilized the way that he could have been. Oh, yeah. I would have loved to have seen more of him. Totally agree. Right. He was just sort of like, yeah, he kind of comes in and you're just kind of annoyed by him. He doesn't really do anything. <laughs> you know, it would have been really cool to see him 
maybe at one point be challenged by one of his underlings and you have a great fight. Have a great, him. <laughs> yeah, just see him fight. Yeah. You, know, you never see him fight till the end. <laughs> or see him, you know, just decimate somebody. Right. Just, you know, I, yeah, crush a head with one hand or something, you know, something. There have been so many great stories about how they became who they were, too, just going back in time. Just finding out how does Raiden become Raiden? Oh, yeah, that would have been awesome to see. You know, how did he get these superpowers of light? How did he harness electricity? How did, uh, you know, Shao Kahn become the, you know, the underworld god you know what did he have to go through to be that especially if there were supposed to be twins you know this sort of romulus and remus characters mm-hmm. and it, wh- where was the split yeah how cool is that maybe they did have this really huge cataclysmic event that happened that separated them i think in the uh second movie too they touched on their father uh, as, as part of the story, from what I can remember of that one. But yeah, it was apparently Shinnok. Yeah, you know what? I, I think it'd be really cool just to do a story just based on those two guys. Do a whole movie just based on that. That's what's so interesting about Mortal Kombat as a whole is that each character. Yeah, you can franchise all the. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, like, it's like Marvel Comics. Yeah. You got, you know, how did Scorpion become Scorpion? Mm hmm. That's a bitching backstory. It is. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, what I loved was that each episode had a different character's story coming up. Like we saw characters such as Rain or Reptile, Sub Zero, Scorpion. Everybody came up in some fashion and always had their own little storyline. Yeah, I thought that the writing was remarkably good. For you know, Stephen was a terrific writer. He wasn't just a writer for Mortal Kombat. He really knew how to write. And being able to write all those side stories too, but keeping the main protagonist. Absolutely. He was always had a little twinkle. Mm -hmm. He was kind of kept it buoyant and joyous. And yet it was dark and moody and cool and sexy. And, you know, there was, it was, that's a tough balance. Yeah. You know, to, to, to make it kind of dance with the essence of what Mortal Kombat is in that video game. And to bring that out is, is a pretty remarkable thing to do as a creative writer. You know, that's pretty cool. And so I, we really liked it. We, I don't want to speak on everybody's behalf, but I thought all of the regulars thought, God, this is really fun, isn't it? And we get good writers and we got good storylines that are meaningful and they're yeah it was such a shame to see it uh, well not continue yeah yeah wham wham <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah it was it was uh it was sad day but steve and i became really good friends um we played all kinds of golf together and we hung out i'd love the writer I was just about to ask you that. Did you stay in contact with a lot of the different cast members? Yeah, yeah. Bruce Locke and I are really dear friends. And, and, and Paolo is, you know, lives on the other coast, but he's a very dear friend. And Kristana, and she's lovely. I just saw um, Daniel. I was watching Barry. Do you guys ever watch Barry? No. I haven't. No, I haven't seen that. What a funny freaking show. You know who Bill Hader is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a show that on uh, HBO called Barry. And it's about a hitman that is wants to be an actor. It's freaking hilarious. Huh. And one of the characters on the show is this guy that he's supposed to supposed to hit him or something. And and Daniel plays this guy that keeps he, he's like a Terminator character that just keeps beating the shit out of him. <laughs> 
It's so good. <laughs> but I haven't, seen Daniel. I haven't seen Daniel in a long time. Ever since the show, I haven't seen any hiding or hair of him. But it was great to see him in that show. He was really terrific in that, in that episode. And uh, funny. He was very funny in it, too. Do you know, you know what's really kind of unique, too, is that um, I went to college with um, the other Shao Kahn. Oh, did oh, you? No way. Yeah. From the from yeah. the Annihilation movie? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about that if you want. Yeah, sure. It's a little oh, side yeah, story. Yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, I was doing a play with him. I was playing Coriolanus. It's a Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. And I was playing the lead in it. Brian's a big guy. You know, he's... He's he's bigger than I am. I was on the set and he was playing one of the senators in the stage or something. And we were in college at UC Irvine and he um, was bugging me on the set. We were doing something on the stage and, and he was bugging me and just kind of, you know, giving me shit about something. You know, I was playing Coriolanus and Coriolanus, if you know the play, he's a he's a warrior. He's a he's like the the, the greatest Roman soldier. He's like a gladiator. And he was playing a senator and I was standing there in my costume and he started giving me a little shit. And I just turned to him at one point and I, and I, and I warned him. I said, if you don't keep your mouth shut, I'm going to drop you. <laughs> he, he said, he said uh, something else and I, I gut punched him oh right on the stage. And he dropped it, but I didn't know that Brian had had surgery. Oh, no. To remove part of his intestine. Oh, no. And so I nearly killed Brian. (laughs) And I had no idea that, because I didn't, you know, I hit him, but I didn't know I was going to drop him. So I laid one in there and he just, uh, we had to take him to the hospital. Wow. Oh, Shao Kahn almost killed Shao Kahn. <laughs> oh, he, I, don't, I don't remember if he actually went to the hospital. I, if I can recall, it was a long time ago. He went down like a sack of potatoes. Damn. And so, but, but we became really good friends. Brian Thompson and I, really, we played golf together. We went on golf tournaments together. He and I have known each other since college. I remember when he was actually in the Universal Studios tour. Uh, he was in the Conan uh, exhibit. Mm. And they had a live action Conan show at Universal. I used to watch that all the time as a kid. I would go. Right. And he played the bad guy. He came out with the hood and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and he came out and, you know, talked in his very deep, resonant voice. And uh, he did that show for, I think, a couple of years or something. And then he got cast in that uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. It was, a, I think it was called Blade or something. I can't remember the name of it. No, not in Blade. It was something. It was a Sylvester Stallone movie. Um, Cobra. He was in Cobra. Cobra. Mm. That's what it was. And, and Brian got, got his first break playing the bad guy in that. Oh, okay. And, uh, that, yeah, that was a couple of years after he got out of school when he was still working at Universal. And so we've been friends. I've been f- friends for him since I was a you know a junior in college. Oh, that's cool. And then he got the, the movie playing Shao Kahn. I went, oh, cool. I didn't even, you know, I auditioned for... At that time, for the movie of Mortal Kombat, the first one, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Johnny Cage. And I auditioned, check this out, I auditioned with um, Cameron Diaz. Oh, that's right, because she was oh, trying to get yes. Sonya. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I auditioned with her. I, had t- I tested with her in the audition, playing Cage opposite her. Whoa. We laughed about that later on. We, <laughs> we both laughed at the fact, you know, we both auditioned 
and didn't get the part on in the first Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, well, she's, she's done pretty well since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You both have. <laughs> and a couple of gigs. You know, so Brian and I have been, you know, friends forever. But that oh, was I a didn't f- see that coming, funny story. So. But uh, Shao Kahn dropped Shao Kahn on the stage in, <laughs> in uh, you know, in college. Isn't that weird? That's a weird coincidence. It is really I mean, weird. Odds yeah. going to be playing the same bloody character in a, in a comic book sort of. That, that, I just think this really very funky. I think. I think we just found Jeff's favorite a finishing move. It's the gut punch. <laughs> it's never been that effective. I mean, that was, I didn't, you know, if you tell me that you've had part of your intestine removed, I'd be happy Gosh. to. Yeah. That's the fatality immediately once you hear that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, oh my God, I'm amazing. And he's... <laughs> and he's and everybody on the stage just looked at me like I'd killed the you know senator. You know? Oh, was he a big guy back then? Also, <laughs> he was huge. He was like you know, he was in college, he just got done playing football in Washington. Gosh. So he's absolutely ripped, you know. And I was fit, but I wasn't near. You know, I was not quite as big as he was. Yeah, I think he's a couple of inches taller than me too. Yeah, so we became friends. You know, it's how guys are. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt really bad. You know, I didn't know he told me afterward, oh, you, I just had part of my intestine removed. <laughs> You're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> killed my co-star. <laughs> so earlier you were telling us what you'd been up to since Conquest. Do you have any other projects that you're currently working on that you'd like us and the fans to know about? Yeah, I'm doing some action stuff. I have a a character that I've been working on that a lot of action, Mm -hmm. a lot of martial arts in it. And the pilot that I'm doing right now has a lot of action in it, but it's a, it's based on the San Diego police department. It's sort of a different kind of action. Yeah. And also the Mexican cartel. And so it's about, you know, drugs and violence and 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 having to deal with the border, and I live in San Diego now, so it's it's uh, kind of cool and prevalent and exciting. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, so I'm writing that and working on that. The um, other show that I'm writing is about it's sort of like a Ravenish character. He's sort of a almost like a kung fu character. Cool. So you can kind of go back to your roots with that one. Yeah. And did you guys ever read the book Shibumi? I haven't, no. no. Raven, the show I did for CBS, was based on. Really? Yeah, that's how I was sort of uh, seduced into doing the show. And it's about a mystic who's, uh, he was half Russian, half Japanese. And he was this savant that became this sort of mystic warrior. And he, uh, it happens during the Second World War and he um, gets imprisoned. He ends up becoming this assassin. Uh, <laughs> this, know, sounds, he, this sounds he, pretty awesome to me, honestly. It was an awesome book. It's an awesome book. You'll love it. I'd pick it up and read it. You'll dig I'll it. I'll check it out. And yeah, it's called Shibumi. The head of the network, who was Jeff Sagansky at the time, he loved that story too. So him and Frank Lupo, they got together talking about what they can write next after A-Team. And he went, I want to do Shibumi. <laughs> and Jeff goes, I love Shibumi. And so I got seduced into thinking that we were going to do Shibumi. Um, and so he wrote a show like that character. So that's what my Raven was based okay, on. And they ended up uh, making a, a movie or a TV, made for TV movie. That, that, that was the pilot. Oh, okay. We did a two hour oh, pilot okay. for the, for the uh, yeah. 
And so uh, that's how they did it back in the day is that they would do a pilot that was like two hours long and they just separated into two different episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Spin it off. And so they could do it like, a you know, so it felt like a movie. If you wanted to release it as a movie, you could, but really it's a pilot to, to kickstart a series. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And so uh, I thought that that's what we were going to do. I thought we were doing Shibumi. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we started to make the movie things, uh, the, the, the television series, it kind of changed a little bit because we're, you know, the thing about networks back then, there was only three networks that was kind of run by MBAs and, and bean counters. And so it kind of homogenized a lot of what was going on with the art. What's great about this era in television now, in my opinion, is, is it's I consider it the golden age because... There's so many different uh, avenues for art to be created because of the cable. Yeah. Um, is that the HBO really created the uh, model for this? Is that they decided to give power to the artist back? You know, they gave it back to them, and so the the quality of the work went up because you only have one artistic voice. And so, but the networks, there was only like three or four networks when I was first starting television. And so there was a lot of people that were sort of dictating from, you know, the numbers part of networking and program. It's a business. And so they would homogenize a lot of the work and they would influence how the work was being presented. So basically there's just way too many, you know, cooks in the mm-hmm. kitchen mm. and so with, with cable what happened is that you you have all these artists and, and they just need content and so they're giving power to the artists to just create your thing and present it and we'll give you money for it which is a great model and so the work gets better mm. the quality of the work gets better it becomes more unique mm, it yes. becomes you know transformative because the artists are in power you see you know you'll think of all of the television you're looking at right now it's incredible how much content there there's, is. Yeah, there's endless stream. It's not right good, now. but man, a lot <laughs> of the writers for film have now started writing for television because that's where the money is, you know, that's the freedom. Because you don't have to think of a two-hour movie anymore. You can be writing 10-hour movies. Oh, that's true. And there's so many different genres out there right now that we didn't have back in the early 80s and, and 90s even. Right, because, you know, some, there's going to be a niche for your idea you know they're there that's why you create your own work and then to let the audience find you and also because of the communication systems that we have right now it's like instant if somebody likes something they twitter mm-hmm. it or you know it gets out there <laughs> and so viral. it creates a following like it's like fire you know just expansive fire that happens if something's actually kind of cool and unique and and so that's why I think it's it's the heyday for artists right now. If you want to get into storytelling, it's man, the opportunities are really so much more prevalent than it was when I was first starting out. Um, you currently also teach acting classes, is that correct? Yes, I do. Do you have any um, words of encouragement you'd like to give out to any actors or writers that are listening? Yeah. Um, you know, actors got to act. <laughs> I would just say, get up and start making furniture, right? You got to, you got to act, you know, you're not going to do it dreaming about it. 
Yeah. And that's the other thing about Hollywood, too, is that, you know, or any kind of creative endeavor is that it's, it really is a tangible business. Everybody's got an idea. Very few people actually take the idea and actually apply it and actually get the work done. And so when you have that kind of approach to it, so, you know, almost like, a, you know, if you're making furniture for a living, is that you know that you can't dream the furniture and keep drawing furniture. You got to make it. Mm. It's the same thing with writing a script. You, you know, a lot of ideas out there, but there's very few people that are actually taking the idea and making it a tangible object. Mm-hmm. Actually doing something with it. Yeah, it's you're you're shooting it and you're editing it and you're creating the sound and you're costuming and casting. Those are tangible elements that have to go into the creative process to make it happen. Same thing with acting. I think a lot of actors just sit around dreaming about the idea of being an actor rather than actually going out and and creating the work. You know, if you want to be an actor, you got to act. You you got to find an audience for one thing, and you can't do that if they're not seeing the work. Mm, Love it. So you can't dream about being being an actor you gotta it's there's a reason it's called acting <laughs> yeah you gotta take action <laughs> you know you gotta actually be the person doing the work nice and you are your own industry too you gotta you know you gotta have some sense of husbandry about your own business are you going to you know be the ceo of your company as an actor because i am my business from my head to my toes i'm that's i got to take care of that organization and so there's you know skill levels that you need to master in order to be successful i believe uh you know you have to be determined and you have to have good energy and you have to be, have uh, perspective on the world and your work and you have to have courage and focus and know how to intensify your focus and know how to have duration in your focus. You have to have poise, which I think some people are intrinsically gifted, but you can learn that and you can get better at it. And of course, you have to be resilient because you're going to get knocked on your ass. That's great. Yep, very true. And the other thing, too, is that you might not be successful, but by God, you're not going to be depressed. <laughs> you're doing what you want to do. You know? Yeah, you're it's, keeping yourself busy doing what you liked, doing what you love. Yeah, you're, you're in your bliss, as Joseph Campbell used to say. You know, it's, it's what you feel like you've been brought here to do. You know, you want to be creative and, and you want to create. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's great advice. That's beautiful advice, actually. <laughs> yeah, don't complain about it. How about just making the world more beautiful for from your own point of view. That's my take on it. You know, if you're going to live the artful life, if you want to be an artist, live it. Get up in the morning and get on with it because there's only so many breaths you take. You might as well be doing what you love, <laughs> breathing into something that you love doing. Yeah. You know, it's like Jim Carrey said in his comm- commencement speech. Did you guys ever see that? I did. Uh, yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. He's talking about his father. You know, he's a great comedian and never had the courage to go do it. But he ended up hating the job and the career that he had, and he ended up getting fired by it. So what Jim decided was that, you know, you might as well do what you want to do and fail at that. Because you can actually fail at something that you hate. <laughs> true. Yeah, mm-hmm. very true. Great advice. You're right. And then you're going to fail at it. So try it again and try and learn from the, you know, to be really confident at something, you got to be willing to fail at it. You know, Michael Jordan's a good example of this, the great basketball player. Yeah, he became the greatest basketball player, but he his first you know endeavor with basketball was failing at it. He he wasn't he wasn't even picked on his high school basketball team. 
that failure drove him to improve. I actually didn't know that he didn't, that that's what happened. But yeah, that's a great yeah, Absolutely. Do you know who Mark Ruffalo is? Yes. Pretty much everybody does now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say that Mark Ruffalo is a Hollywood star. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mark, Mark Ruffalo couldn't get arrested for about 10 years in the beginning of his career. <laughs> <laughs> but did that stop him from making art? No, it's because he wanted to get really good at the craft of acting. Mm-hmm. And so it made him very skilled. His talent was going to eventually be seen. It's like, uh, you know, think of Vincent van Gogh making his paintings. Well, is Vincent van Gogh any less of an artist because he didn't sell any of his work? No, he had to paint. Because he was an artist. And so he made some of the greatest art in, arguably, some of the greatest art in history. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's probably now the most sought after art in history, even though he didn't sell it during his life. So tragically enough, he didn't. He wasn't like Picasso, who, you know, made lots of money while he was still living. But my God, it doesn't make him less of a a talent or a, a star. Just because he he um, didn't happen to, you know, be alive when he became successful. That's some great advice. An actor has got to act. Before we let you go, tell us what is your favorite finishing move from, or fatality or brutality from the Mortal Kombat series. Well, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> um, mine. One of my favorites uh, would have to be when Raiden drops the arcade machine. I'm, I'm just sticking out the Raiden theme because you're here, but. Raiden drops <laughs> the arcade machine onto his opponent. So <laughs> that was very politically correct of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I have a tendency to agree with you. I think because you know what's great about the Raiden character for me is that even not not playing it is he's got such a good sense of humor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just really. I, I think he's the most charming of all of them. You know, he's just, and so. I, I always like a good yuck, guys. The arcade thing, I think, is really fun. I mean, it's, it's you know, the show's dark, you know? It's a lot yeah. of violence in it. So it's, it's nice to kind of, you know, have a little bit of a chuckle. Oh, for sure. When yeah. there's, you know, you can pull somebody's brains out with their spine attached. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little much. Your Raiden was quite, uh, well, lighthearted, but he did have some serious moments in the opening for the show there's a bit where raiden kind of always says it's the burden you must carry would you mind saying that for our listeners it's the burden you must carry thank you <laughs> you know you, you you took everything very seriously because he knew how precarious it all is but i love the wisdom the sort of yoda mentor kind of yeah. elder yeah quality he was a yoda that could smile and make fun of the situation <laughs> Who still had a sex life? You know, was- <laughs> that was definitely made clear throughout the series. <laughs> I requested that too. I said, you know, he's not a eunuch, guys. You know, likes chicks is one of the reasons that he's you know on the in the Earth realm is because he likes he likes women. So while we're on Mortal Kombat quotes in the final episode, when you're fighting against yourself, Shao Kahn keeps telling Raiden, "You will bow to me." Do you mind saying that one too for our listeners? Oh my God. Let's see. Well, in order to do Shao Kahn, I had to practice for like maybe 
40 minutes or something. Oh, actually. Wow. So I have to kind of work into this place. You know, <sighs> you know that's right. It takes me a while. It would take me another 30 minutes to kind of I get mean, I'm seeing Shao Kahn in my mind right now hearing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Great. You know, and I'm not even there yet because I'm kind of out of practice, but it's, it's, you know, I would work on this kind of trying to drop into this different resonant part of my voice that if, unless I warm up, it's not terribly oh, effective. Just hearing you say those words that it sounded you- great. To us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved playing it. I wish I could do it again. If you guys we have any too. money lying around and you guys got any contacts with Mortal Kombat, <laughs> you want to suggest, just put my name in the hat, would you? Oh, but, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 when I tweet hat. about this, we're going to be mentioning to, to Ed Brewer that he needs to throw you back in there. Have you talked to any of the other cast members? Yeah, we talked to Chris Casamassa. You know, it's interesting. Chris, you know, he didn't really get a chance to really do much acting, but what a hell of a martial artist that guy is. He did get to play uh, uh I was, we were actually talking about this last time uh he did get to play in the role of Takeda before he became scorpion so he did get to show his face which was he was happy to do oh that's right that's right for sure we love having you on here it's been Seriously, a pleasure it's yeah it's <laughs> been awesome pleasure, talking guys. To you. But the entire I time really cool. you've, you've been talking i've just been seeing raiden in my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fun i really feel like you know i'm, I'm more raiden than i am anything else <laughs> that's so funny because i've been seeing yeah. shao Kahn in my head <laughs> i, d- I yeah. saw shao Kahn when you were doing the shao Kahn uh, voice so <laughs> he's very much down here <laughs> <laughs> thank you to all of our listeners for stopping by and thank you very much Jeff Meek for joining us on this episode guys, it was great uh, pleasure meeting you online it's been a pleasure to have you on the Realmcast and we hope to have you again in the future if, if possible yeah likewise love to have you back my pleasure Realmcast is a bi-weekly podcast you can find Yanni and myself Phantom on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook as well as Yanni on the Mortal Kombat meme realm you can listen to all our episodes of the podcast on YouTube Facebook iTunes and Spotify have a great day It's the burden you must carry.